Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Shannon Saglin, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Shannon, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thanks for having me. So let's get started. Let's talk about your personal life. You are a native Californian. Correct, yes. So where were you born? Uh, I was born in Berkeley, California, and grew up in Lafayette, which is also in the East Bay area. Uh, And then uh, we bought the vineyard when I was six years old, and we moved to Napa full-time from Lafayette in 1993, and I started high school up here. Oh, super. So you're more or less a Napa Valley girl. Yes. Yeah. I've been, this is definitely home to me. And even before we bought the property, uh, we would come up here every weekend because we were looking for property. And so um, grew up in vineyards and in wineries. And, um, you know, even before I was born, literally the day before I was born, my mom was at the Chateau Montalena release party. So it's Napa's in my blood. Literally. (laughs) Yes. So you're kind of repeating that tradition, if you will, because you have two little ones now and um, and you work in the business. Mm -hmm. So you're getting them acclimated. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They they come up to the property with me three days a week and they stay up at my parents house. And we have a wonderful nanny who we're so grateful for, um, who takes care of them and they get to come down to the office and see everyone and drop into the winery. So it's a great, um, I think, socialization for them, but also a great kind of foundation for an understanding of just being around the seasons here and seeing what grows. They they love to eat, you know, fruits and vegetables out of the garden and, and uh, grapes too. So, <laughs> Well, it's nice to have them nearby too. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a good work work-life balance. Very, it's a great benefit of being in a family business. So you are kind of a newlywed of sorts. Mm-hmm. You've been married three, four years? Three years, three okay. years. But before you were married, you like you said, you mm-hmm. grew up here in the Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. How, what was life like growing up here? I would say that um, it was definitely different. There was a lot less people. It was much more kind of country-like. I could get to and from high school in 12 minutes. And now it takes a little bit longer than that. Not that I'm going to high school, but the same drive. But, you know, just being, uh, growing up in the vineyards, being able to kind of roam freely without my parents having to fear about my safety. And um, I think that gives children a bit more independence and uh, maybe confidence uh, in, in approaching new situations. You made a good point. Obviously, things have changed during the time that you have lived here. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the positive changes that you've seen over the course of the years? Well, I mean, Napa is one of the number one vacation destinations in the world. And that's very important to family businesses like ourselves, uh, who have been um, growing and producing wine now for 33 years. So by no means are we one of the oldest producers here, but we're definitely on the earlier end of producers. You know, when we started, there was uh, 50, uh, and now there's 600. So um, and the economy, right? So the amount of money that not only the tourism, but the business provides back into our local community, as well as to our, you know, state 
state community and and global community. So it's not just um, individuals coming from local destinations to Napa. They're they're coming from all over the globe. So it's huge. So it's getting a little more crowded here. Mm-hmm. Just yes. by purely the amount of wineries yes. that have, have popped up. Yeah. Over the course of time. Yeah. And more people now, you know, they know about Napa and they want to come and see it. So, and we love that. That's a great thing. So it's a beautiful place. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) So when you're not working, I mean, you are running a business and Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about your career here Mm -hmm. in a few minutes, but what do you do in your off time? You got a family. You know, I don't, (laughs) right now there isn't a ton of off time just because um, when I'm not working, I'm usually with my babies uh, who are one and two and a half. So, um, but on the weekends, um, love to bring them up to my parents' house and they go swimming. And, you know, if, if I get me time, I love to work out. <laughs> I love to get to the gym or go for a run or go for a hike. Just be, be active. Any hobbies? You know, I don't have a lot of time for hobbies right now. So I, I love to cook. That's always some, something that just goes, I think, naturally with loving wine and being right. in this industry. And um, it's it's a way that I'm able to, you know, the babies go to sleep and then I make dinner. And it's like a, my, my mind is able to kind of shut down and focus on the act of making something versus, you know, reacting to children or thinking about planning for a business, you know, those right. types of things. So it's a different frame of mind. Well, that being said, I'm sure entertaining is, is you know, something that you do at, with work, mm-hmm. but also probably something that you do in your personal life as well. Yeah. How would you describe your entertaining style? Um, I like it to be casual and I like it to be an opportunity for friends to come together and also contribute and uh, create something together. So maybe I'll go to the store to buy all of the things that we're going to make that night, but then everybody can come over and be in the kitchen together and, and make the dinner together and, and then enjoy it together. So I think it's, it's a part of the um, process. Yeah, exactly. Which and makes all it, sharing in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about, you grew up here, so you probably have a lot of friends that you grew up with mm-hmm. over the course of the years, which might be interesting to some of our listeners. Who are some of your friends that you still hang around with these days? And maybe a memory that stands out that you'd be willing to share. Sure. There's a lot of very, very close friends that um, also work in the wine business. And, you know, we connect not only on a professional level, but also on a personal level. Uh, Helen Keplinger is is a and, her, and DJ Warner, her husband, um, are really good friends. They have a son who's just a couple months younger than our first daughter, Cicely. They're great people. Uh, let's see. There's there's so many. But um, Carissa Mondavi is one of my best friends. Uh, she uh, is actually married to our winemaker, uh, Frederick Johansson. And, and I have a great professional relationship with Frederick, but also he's one of my best friends. And so um, they were both single at one point in time. And I, and I thought to myself, wow, they could be a good match. And so I've only tried it once. I have a 100% success rate uh, at matchmaking. And uh, so that was, gosh, probably like three and a half, four years ago that that happened. So, <laughs> Wow, you better not, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Everybody's going to want you setting them up. <laughs> You'll have to try to keep those odds up. Yes. <laughs> um, well, like you said, I'm sure, you know, you work with these you know, professionally, you're mm-hmm. you're interacting with these these individuals, but personally, you're entertaining and mm-hmm. and spending time with them as well. So let's now talk about 
you found the love of your life mm-hmm. a few years ago, mm-hmm. and you have a family. Mm-hmm. And um, are there more kids in your future? No. <laughs> I don't hesitate. No, you got two adorable little girls. I have so much respect for uh, families of you know three, four children. There's I could never do that. So, <laughs> and your husband, I recently learned that he has a wine brand. He does. He does. So he, when he moved here, um, decided that he wanted to start making wine mm-hmm. too, and he started with one single vineyard rosé and has since expanded to three single vineyard rosés. He's going to make Chardonnay for the first time this year um, from, I think, three different properties. Uh, he made two Syrahs for the first time last year. And then he has a joint project that's a Karen Yon from um, the Mendocino Coast. So he's um, he's got a lot going on. <laughs> so what's he trying to compete with? Stanley? No, they're they're all non-competitive <laughs> varietals, but it's called um, his his company or the the label is called Laardi Chassic, which is uh, a combination of our son's name, our daughter's name, and my name. So it's Artie Shannon Sicily, La Artie Chassic. And it's kind of a play on the, the French domain names. So when it's a beautiful crest. Yes. Yeah. So on the label, they it's, it's basically um, was created to be like our family crest. So, and, and there's little hidden things in there that tells the story of how we met and where he went to college and where I went to college and all those things. So, so I, I mean, I, I hate to do this when we're sitting in Saglin right mm-hmm. now in your office, mm-hmm. but how how can people uh, get their hands on a bottle of? You know, that? the best way is uh, he, to contact him directly. So does he have a website? Not yet. Oh, so wow. yeah, he's okay. a very hands-on salesperson. Um, but I'm sure that will be coming soon, and I imagine that that will be something associated with his company name, which is Wine X Y Z. Okay, so, so... But they can always call me and I can connect them. <laughs> oh my God, I can't even believe you said that. <laughs> As if you don't have enough to do already. <laughs> Let's talk about your career. Okay. Because you are a busy woman mm-hmm. and you literally grew up in this business. But before we talk about Saglin, mm-hmm. what was your first paying job ever? Do you remember? I think, I mean, the one that I that I would... I'm sure that I had one-off jobs here and there, but my first like real job was a hostess at Pinot Blanc, which is a Joachim Splachal restaurant or was up in St. Helena. Uh, so I was a hostess there my first summer between freshman and junior freshman and sophomore year in college from UCLA when I came home. Okay, you heard it here. <laughs> she was a hostess. I was not very good at first, but I got. I got I got a lot better really quickly. So Well you're the perfect hospitality woman now. Yes. So yeah. um, so yes. So you learned quickly. Want more on today's interview? Purchase Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. It's available on our website at winecountrywomen.com. And now you're running Saglin Mm -hmm. Family Vineyards. Yes, yeah. It's a very dynamic job, um, which I love. And that's when I first came into this business, I worked as a seller uh, intern, essentially, a harvest intern. Uh, Learned a ton about winemaking, but learned that I did not want to be a winemaker. (laughs) And I have a lot of respect for what they do. And so I started working in our offices, and I did that for about three or four years. And then I went and got my MBA from UC Davis. 
and worked in banking after that for several years and then came back to the family business full-time in 2011. And I love what I do because I get to, you know, work with our winemaker and determine blends. I get to talk with our vineyard manager, uh, David Abreu, about if we need to replant, what we're going to replant, what rootstocks are going to we are we going to use? Um, you know, can we cut, use cuttings off of our estate to repropagate them to plant on the vineyard to continue that clonal uh, diver, uh, clonal strain from the estate? And then I get to travel. I get to meet great people. I get to participate in lots of different charity auctions. Um, it's an extremely social business, so that means that you know our calendar is always super full. And it's I joke and I say it's really tough to be popular, you know. <laughs> but it's um, our, our schedule is our schedule is pretty crazy, but we love people and. You know, I also really like the fact that, you know, I think sometimes um, our friends are just people within our age group, but that's not the case at all for us. We have we have friends um, of all different ages, of all different backgrounds, of all, all over the country, you know, and uh, or world, really, if you think about um, all of the relationships that we have with other producers around the globe. It's a really special community to be a part of, so... And, and we're seeing here on your property right now, how many acres do you have here? It's just over 60 acres, uh, about 50 planted to vines. Okay. And then we have 10 acres of hillside, um, which is where my parents' home is, and our winery caves. And that's all in the land trust, so it'll never be planted. And then we also recently purchased a property that's in between here and the highway, and that's going to be five and a half acres. And um, my... Well, it's, it's fallow right now. We're working on what we're going to plant there. That will start next spring. Eventually, my husband and I will build a house there. Oh, It'll perfect. be a, a nice commute. <laughs> yeah, short. Yes. <laughs> Real short. Yes. <laughs> what is your case production right now? We're on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our flagship wine, which is our largest case production, is our Staglin Cabernet. In a good year, that's 2,300 cases. Like, for example, the 2015, which we're just now releasing, is down 50% from that. And that has to do with the yields from Mother Nature, but then also our very intensive selection process. So our goal is always to produce the best quality wine we can. And, you know, because we don't have outside shareholders to please, you know, we're able to make those investments to do that and worry less about the immediate return and understand that this is a business for generations. And, you know, making sure that our clients can trust us and knowing that they're going to get a great wine every year is very important to us. Our Chardonnay that comes off of the estate is around 800 cases a year. The Salus Cabernet, so we have another label that we produce, so the Staglin and then the Salus is around 1,000 cases. We also do a Chardonnay, which is a little bit less than that, usually around 600. And then we also have two very, very small production wines. One is our Sangiovese. That's 150 cases. It's an acre and a half. And then we produce a Bordeaux blend called Ineo, and that is um, like 50 cases a year. So So your total production is less than 5,000. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And even with the added acreage, um, after that eventually produces yep. uh, grapes good enough to put in a bottle of wine. Yeah, you know, we You'll haven't determined, is, it, is that going to go low. into Staglin or are we going to keep it separate? So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, we really have to taste the wine before we make that decision. Right. So. <laughs> and But that acreage isn't planted or is planted? It's not. It's, it's fallow I didn't right think now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always such an investment when you plant or when you pull out mm-hmm. um, vines because it takes three years before yes. a vine yeah. produces grapes that are 
yeah, usable Even, in a yeah. blend. Yeah, it's um, or or producing at capacity really. Mm-hmm. So and the quality gets better with time. But yeah, it's uh, it's not it's a it's a business as I said patience. for generations. So. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have patience for it. Yeah, patience too. <laughs> Is there? I mean, your your parents. You know, you have a small family mm-hmm. and tight family. I imagine that they've been a great influence on your career mm-hmm. over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And but are there other people that have influenced your career along the way, um, or been mentors? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe not uh, mentors in the um, direct sense, but like I think that the the Mondavi family. My parents were very close with both Bob and Margaret, and so I got to know them and just had so much respect for them and for the business that they built and their families and their community involvement and the belief in knowing um, what's possible. I think that that Bob was definitely a dreamer who sought out his dream and and helped create the culture and the reputation that you see today in Napa Valley. Um, So definitely um, the Mondavi families. I have a lot of respect for the Novak family, so that's Spotswood. Um, They're also... um, Beth is the second generation who runs the business. Lindy, her sister, uh, travels and does national sales. Uh, They're really present and there every day. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of companies here in Napa that are family owned, but maybe not family operated. And I think that you see the difference in the character and the quality of the wines uh, from those, those places that are not only family owned, but also family operated, because we're here to oversee and care for uh, the people, the grapes, the property, um, and, and help really set that culture of, you know, believing in a place, making site-driven wines, always striving for the best. You brought up a good point. There aren't a lot of women Mm -hmm. that are running family-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's an upward trend of more women? Mm -hmm. I I, So like I never felt like I was jumping any hurdles to get into this business and maybe that's because I'm a second generation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I see so many women in the wine business today that it's it's become a very popular topic it seems like as of recently but it's something that um i I don't see really barriers for women getting into this industry no but running Mm -hmm. a winery i mean running wineries i don't think there's a lot of people like yourself um at the helm well i had a good mentor in my mother right Uh, (laughs) so she's always historically ran the day-to-day operations of this business but yeah, you know, you look at somebody like Pam Starr of right. Crocker and Starr. Um, I actually got to know her when I was a harvest intern, um, and we didn't have our own winery yet. We were making wine at Napa Wine Company, and she was there making wines too. You look at you know some of the uh, the greats who laid the foundation for us, like Zelma Long. Um, I just yes. got to spend some time with her at the Nashville Wine Auction. Um, also got to meet Miramar's Torres at that, so that was kind uh, of fun. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's been there's a lot of women that are, you know definitely running and operating their companies. Uh, maybe it is still more male uh, driven at this point, but I, I don't see that that's kind of, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I, what I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, I mean, maybe it's a trend maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe trends, not the best word, but maybe women are, are taking a more active role. Yeah. And the doors are open, I yeah. guess. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the industry is um, opposed to it by any means. No, no, not at all. I think you're a great example. I think you've listed several other women that are great examples. Mm -hmm. You've got a great annual event Mm -hmm. that's near and dear to your heart. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about that, because it's it's, you know, a very popular event in the valley. And it's for a, a extremely worthwhile cause thank you yeah so uh we're going to be having our uh music festival for mental health coming up uh this september um this will be our 24th annual so we've been doing it for a little while uh and uh we we it's a it's a day-long event that starts out with a scientific symposium and when we first started doing this there were very few people that came to it now it's in a completely packed house for it because it's an opportunity for the guests who are coming to hear directly from the scientists that we're funding and learn about how the money that we're contributing is really changing the research and and pushing everything forward faster. There's a tremendous amount of momentum, I think, right now in brain health research, which is an exciting time to be involved in this. Um, there's a lot more conversation about it. There's definitely still stigma, but I think that can be reduced with education and talking about it openly. After that, we have uh, the reception, which is in our winery caves. We have 70-plus wineries in there pouring, um, so you can taste... um you know, wines that you generally can't even purchase yet alone get on their mailing list. Uh, and it's always the owner or the winemaker they're pouring. So from Abreu to Colgan to Isley to Scarecrow to, you know, so many more. So it's a, there's a lot of energy in the caves that day. And we have a different local chef do the hors d'oeuvres for that. Um, then we have a different musical performer every year. So this year we're going to have Jennifer Hudson. So, uh, a Grammy award winner and an, an Academy award winner. So that's pretty unique. Sure. Um, and, and what are some of the other performers that you've yeah, had? Yeah, we've had past? Michael Franti. We've had the Pointer Sisters. We've had Pat Benatar. We've had Dwight Yoakam. Tim McGraw one year. He was amazing. Uh, so very diverse set of performers. I'm sorry to get you off track. I just yeah, thought, no. I thought our listeners might like to learn about the variety yeah. that you've had. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the day culminates um, for the patrons uh, with a dinner up at uh, the private residence at my parents' house in the backyard. And we have a different chef do that every year. So uh, the first year was uh, Charlie Trotter, actually. And this year it's going to be uh, three-star Michelin chef Christopher Costow. So, um, you know, we've been fortunate to have some really wonderful chefs um, contribute their time and talents. Why this cause? Yeah. So brain health. Um, We so when my brother turned 18, he had his onset of schizophrenia. And, you know, at the time, my parents didn't know much about it at all, um, but they were able to find help and get him kind of stabilized and back on track. And once they did that, then they were able to really focus on, well, what can we do about this? They were talking with friends and it just kind of came naturally out of conversation uh, at, at at several different dinner tables or lunches. And I think that they were at Charlie Trotter's and he said, look, if you ever do it, I will come fly out there and I will be the chef. And uh, one of their other good friends, Ben Zander, was the conductor for the San Francisco Philharmonic at the time. And he said, well, hey, I'll bring you know the orchestra out and we can do a concert. And then talking to a lot of other friends that are uh, vintners in the Valley, they, they wanted to support us too. And so that's how it all began. 
and it's definitely grown greatly over the years. We've raised uh, $300 million in our efforts, all for, all for brain health research. So, um, you know, it's something that's very personal to us, but it's very personal to most of the people that live on this planet because everybody knows somebody, whether it's a family member or a friend that has gone through some form of brain health issue. And uh, so having an, an open form uh, format for communication and sharing and education and funding for research that's really pushing the boundaries resonates with a lot of people. And it's, as I said, it's an exciting time in brain health research because they're they're really starting to discover a lot of really great things. And, you know, the brain is like the final frontier in medicine. It's what we know the least about. And every scientist that we fund is required to share their research um, because we believe collaboration is what's going to get us to where we need to go. Wow. Well, it's great that you have um, continued to support a cause that, of course, is so dear to your heart mm-hmm. and your family's. Yeah, heart. I should I should also add that uh, my brother uh, has just taken the position as president of One Mind, um, and One Mind is is the foundation um, for brain health research that we started, and uh, so he is uh, an incredible, tangible. success right and so he's able to share his personal stories which are so impactful to so many that that you know whether they're going through themselves or they have a family member to understand that you know living a quote-unquote normal life is possible and a successful life is possible and a life that you can really help and impact others is possible because I'm sure there's a lot of people that that don't feel like there's hope Absolutely. So it's it's great to have this event. It's great to have him um, leading this initiative. Mm -hmm. um, So I applaud Staglin (laughs) for taking on the initiative. To kind of bring it back Mm -hmm. to wine, yes, yeah, if you will. We're in wine country. Mm -hmm. Other than your wines, Mm -hmm. what do you drink at home? We drink a lot of things at home. Uh, <laughs> I actually, uh, you know, have been trying to lose the baby weight, so I've decided that on the weeknights that we're at home, that I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to let myself drink on the weekends if we're at home. So, <laughs> but if I go out during the week, then I can yeah. have wine. But no, we, I, you know, I love all wines. I love exploring new wines that I haven't had before. I love, I love drinking older Napa Cabernets. Um, I love Pinot Noir, Sonoma Coast. Uh, producers, uh, some producers from Santa Barbara. I, my favorite though is Chardonnay. I take after my mother in that. I, um, that's probably what I drink the most of. Most Staglin, of course, because it's, it's available, readily available. And it's great. (laughs) Yeah. But other than Staglin, um, gosh, there's, I'm not looking for brands. Okay. I'm not looking for brands. I just wondered if it was wine or if it was something else. Yeah, no, it's wine. It's wine really. And I love, and I, and I do drink quite a bit of my husband's rosé as well, which I enjoy. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. Last question before we kind of wrap things mm-hmm. up. Sagla makes a limited amount of wine. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's interested in getting their hands on some of that wine, I know some of it's distributed, mm-hmm. but how's the best way for someone to get yeah, some well, of your great wine? We sell 75% of what we produce direct to our mailing list, mm-hmm. and then the other 25% goes out in a distribution amongst 50 states. So there's not, an internationally too, so there's not a lot out there, but we always hold back a portion of our um, production for new clients um, because I believe it's important uh, for people to be able to enjoy it and um, to always continue to forge new relationships with um, 
the people that that help us, you know, keep this business alive for for many many years to come. So either coming here to Stagland Family Vineyard to taste the wines and see the property, I think is the best way. But you can always give us a call. Um, our Salus wines are available on our website. However, the Stagland wines you need to be on our allocation list for. So, um, but best thing to do is give us a call. Okay, and what's that number? It's 707-963-3994. Super. (laughs) Okay, on that note, let's wrap things up with what I like to call our five quick questions. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I know you're worried, but don't be. I'll try to be kind. (laughs) I'll try. It's not intended to to trick you. Um, Okay, so the idea is not to think about it. Okay. Just five quick questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the weirdest thing in your purse right now? Um, I have a lipstick pencil sharpener. Okay. Um, who did you last send a handwritten note to? My nanny for her birthday. Okay. Who is your favorite music group? Oh, there's so many. Um... I listen to really diverse music, so that's a challenging one. Um, I'll go with my first concert ever Ever was the Beastie Boys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's your all-time favorite movie? Favorite movie? Huh. Maybe I'll say The Parent Trap, because it was filmed at my parents' house. There you go. <laughs> and the last question. Name one, and I know there will be many. Mm-hmm. Name one favorite restaurant in wine country. Oh... Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say Torque. Oh, okay. Downtown Napa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Shannon, thank you so much for staying down with us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.